Hey guys, this is Hunter Levine, and thank you for listening to The Captain's Collective. In today's episode, we sit down with Dave Mangum of Shallow Water Expeditions and talk about his history as a guide and what it looks like for him to go all in on tarpon. Dave is a well-known flats guide and a very dedicated fisherman, and in this podcast, we talk about the importance of focus, his take on scouting, social media, and of course, the majestic giraffe. We had a lot of fun with this one, and we hope you guys enjoy. This is The Captain's Collective. Success is a gift. Excellence is the only thing to strive for. Uh, he, 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 tried right. he tried to eat it. He tried to eat it. Hit him, hit him, hit him, hit him. He got him. He's on. Got uh, two butt caps off the rods, filled them with tequila. We took a shot and out we went. There, there ain't no getting into it after that. It's, you're, you're hooked. It's a bad habit. And all the time, Flip's standing there ready to go for a tarpon. Anytime, I said, you talk so much, you're like a senator. Thanks for being on the podcast. Can you go in and give us a little bit of a background about how you got into guiding? Just by chance, it's just, it was a luck thing. Just happened, just lucked into it. Bought a boat. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I started guiding. My first guide job, I was uh, I was in school in Austin, and I hated school. And so I started looking in the back of fly fishing magazines, which, remember, if, if you're old enough to remember all those little squares in the back of the fly fishing magazines, uh, I started calling them, and I got a job in Alaska. And uh, the, the, the head guide at this one place I called was from Florida. He was a fly fishing guide in Florida. So he's like, yeah, come on. Just make sure you have enough uh, money for a return uh, flight. Uh, if you suck, you can't do this. So I went there, I grabbed my balls and got on a plane every day and took people out and did it. How old was that? How old were you? 19, 19, I think. Yeah. So before even college. No, no, no. Right. I guess I was 20. Yeah. So it, w- it was right in college. I, you know, I was bartending my way through college, which is don't, Hey kids, don't don't do that. Uh, <laughs> Public assertion. Yeah, Uncle um, Dave here. Yeah, don't don't try to do that. I was trying to make my way through college on my own, and I just the the truth is, it was going so slow. I just uh, I could not imagine four more years of like just life dragging on really slow. So I said, I'm getting the fuck out of here, and I was drinking a lot and partying. And I was working at a bar, so I kind of had to get out of there. So I went to Alaska. That's how I started. And then when you were a kid, when did you start fly fishing? You know, I started fly fishing very young with my dad at an old like Fenwick fiberglassy and whatever rod, uh, like yellow, I think. And if you remember these old automatic reels where you pulled the little lever and the fly line got reeled in automatic. You ever seen those? Yeah, I have yeah. seen them. They're like a, a fishers. I don't remember what they're called, but yeah, that's what I had where you stuck the little little thing in the end of the fly line, uh, caught brim and bass and, uh, actually some like little pickerel on some Florida rivers, uh, on the panhandle when I was young. So, and did you go out fishing with your dad a lot or I did? He's, he's kind of the guy that got me started. My dad, uh, you know, he's retired now. He's a fighter pilot, uh, over where I grew up, uh, near Destin. He was the wing commander on Eglin. Uh, he helped give birth to the F-15 Eagle and also test test pilot on the uh, stealth fighter way back when so does he still fish with you some um very rarely actually yeah because i just we we meet up and see each other a lot we usually meet up for sushi so (laughs) (laughs) and it's a lot of my life that revolves around sushi and so obviously your main focus is tarpon what was the main turning point for you and tarpon going from alaska to that yeah so i mean i've always known about tarpon or I guess I even fished here before Alaska. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. That just kind of came about back and forth to Alaska, to Colorado, to Puerto Rico. I, I moved all over when I was younger, but I always came home to Florida in the summers and just started exploring the coast from a very young age. Um, caught my first tarpon at a John boat that I have. That's a, uh, a green John boat, uh, mirror craft, little tiny thing, 14 feet. It's the same color as my skiff is now. 
uh, every skiff I own for the rest of my life will be the same color. It's, uh, part of a thing. So yeah. you just go out in a John boat. Can you tell us about that first time you caught that tarpon? Yeah. So the first tarpon I ever caught was on an eight weight SP plus sage. It was like a green SP plus rod. It was an old Finor, this green Finor reel fly reel I had, um, giant chartreuse barred fly with lead eyes. Uh, and I would see the tarpon and it was, this must've been in the like prime of the season when there was a lot of them because I'd see them and I'd run way out in front of them and try to like adjust for their line and then kill them, kill the motor and cast on them. I did this over and over like for a long time. And finally I hooked one. I mean, I don't even know what kind of hook we were using back then, but, uh, yeah. And I, he towed me around till it probably killed that poor fish but yeah it was, it was a big fish but it was on a weight it's the only rod i had uh you were probably skiing in that 14 foot john boat when it was pulling maybe not skiing but just i had no control <laughs> it was happening yeah yeah but i remember it very vividly actually and then i still have that john boat my daughter will get that boat that's awesome yeah did did you immediately start following the fish when you started guiding or did you just kind of station out of destin yeah so you know i've always come over here even before I started guiding over where I where we're having this podcast which is east of Destin um yeah you know I I guess moving around over the years before I started guiding here I always knew I was coming back here to do that period Mm -hmm. yeah and then for you like when you first got started what a lot of people who are listening to this maybe they're new to guiding or maybe they're thinking about guiding like what were some of the things that you did to try to set yourself up to start that when you really knew this is what you wanted to do well that is a completely different era than it is now if you wanted to start guiding now you know i think well i know at dinner we talked a little bit about you know what i would tell people if they're guiding now so you know, we can revisit that. Yeah, you know. go the, ahead. The go main, for it. Yeah, the main thing, I think, or the the best bit of advice I could give is to find places that are, that are all yours. You know, I feel, especially with tarpon fishing, it's very spot-specific, very spot-oriented. You know, as a young guide, you've, you've been out and you've done some, some fishing. You've done probably plenty of fishing, and, you know, you know the regular places that all the other established guides go. Go to different places. And when you do that, you're, you know, and these other guys see you doing that, you're going to immediately have respect because you're not, you're not trying to go to those A, B, C spots. You're, you're trying to forge your own way. And there's nothing that is more powerful as a beginner guide than doing something like that, that, uh, your, your peers will recognize that right off the bat. And when you do find your own place, your own little spots, if you will, uh, those guides will know those places as yours and will respect that. What are some tips or just advice that you would give to people who are trying to get better at scouting for different spots? Huh? Go, go where you've not been before, <laughs> you know, hold on, let me write that down. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's your, it's your day off and, uh, you want to go, see if the fish are moving around. Well, the fish are moving around. You know, if you learn weather, time of year, tides, whatever, you, you, you kind of understand there's fish around. Go places that you haven't been before. See if they're moving around in those places. So don't don't go to the place where you know you're going to see the fish. Like, that's that's not scouting. That's not scouting at all, you know. That's a, a, a fishing guide or a, a new fishing guide just wanting to go fish on his own. So... Yeah. Any, any other questions? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's super important. I think um, the tendency for people on their day off, especially when you're first getting into that that line of work, is like, I want to go catch a fish. Yeah, I want to. I want to be the one to catch the fish. And I, I think, and I completely understand that. But that's the dedication that it takes if you want to be a guide. Like mm-hmm. you stop fishing. Yeah. You know, I've always thought about guiding as. You know, you advance to this place in your fishing where you stop holding the rod and you hand the rod to somebody else and you catch a fish through that person. That's it for me. You know, I, I think a lot of people are like, oh, I really enjoy watching other people catch the fish or whatever. I'm still catching the fish, but I'm doing it through you. You're my vessel. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm doing that by telling you what to do, showing you what to do, and we're doing it as a team. Um, it, 
it's just I feel I think about it differently than I guess I've heard it described a lot. So anyway, well, yeah, you go from doing fishing as a hobby um, or as a pastime, a passion, and then you go into guiding. It becomes a business. Yeah, and it definitely changes it. So with the idea of putting in the time scouting when you're not with a client or, you know, maybe even scouting after you've had a couple good hours with a client, just trying to check yep. something new out. You had mentioned that earlier. I thought that Absolutely. was, I thought that was a great idea. W- what do you do in, with a situation where you feel like you found a spot or this is, this is quote unquote your spot. And then somebody thinks differently. I go to war. <laughs> what was that look like? What does war look like? Yeah. For those well, who don't know, for do those, want, do for want, those who don't know. Sure. I mean, I don't know. So, you know, and you know, people, I guess know that about me. I, I just, if it's something that I did that I, I spent the time to figure it out what the fish does right here. And you're somebody that just saw a boat somewhere, saw my boat and watched me jump fish and just figured, well, I just got to be there earlier than that guy. Fuck that shit. I'm not allowing that to happen. I won't. It's just not the right way. And of course, you know, then you have the other side of that. Oh, it's the ocean, everybody, you know, well, it is an ocean. And, but your boat, you, your boat was right exactly there for one reason, because you saw me have success at that spot. And I have that success because of the time spent that I did, that I worked, you know, the, the freaking everything that it took me, the, the years and years of time and heartache and, angry wife and you know missed birthdays and all that stuff that it took me to be at that place and figure it out you're taking that from me if you just try to beat me at this spot yeah so what what's it been like in your life to dedicate so much of it to such a specific species what's that look like hmm that's a giant question um i I think I, i think from the previous what you said of of having such a passion for that fish Mm -hmm. and that's what drives you to be, to be so dedicated to that business and to the spots that you've worked so hard for. Yeah. You know, some of those, you know, within the the game of being a guide, like there's a couple of spots or there's one specific that folks know, ah, that's where he's going to be at least to start his day out. And, you know, I just, I just want a little bit of place that I don't have to worry about somebody, you know, going to war all the time and and that's kind of happened over the last however many years which is nice and and all all guides i think if they put in the work and find this place it should have that but um ask me tell me your question again i was saying what's it looked like played out in your life to dedicate like so much of your time to one species yeah so i forget where i was going with all that but hmm yeah, I guess I'd say it's painful. It's a little painful. Um, so a lot of my life chasing that one fish and like dedicating my life to that fish, you know, the, the, the payment I make for that is probably with my wife and kid. That's, that's the hardest part of the whole game. If I was single, God, it'd be super easy, but I'm not. I have a wife and a 10 year old daughter and I guess they, they pay the price a lot for me to be so dedicated towards knowing that fish. And, it, and that's, it's not so much about catching the fish. Like how I look at the whole thing that I do is like understanding and <clears throat> getting the knowledge uh, because that's all I really care about is knowing more than anybody else about what's happening with that fish. Um, and I, I, try to, I try to make up as, as much as I can with uh, wife and kiddo for that. So they're, they're amazing. They let me have my craziness. Has it always been that way or did it kind of start snowballing, snowballing? Like when you first so, got into tarpon, did you know, did th- is this where you thought you would No, be? it started that way. And it, it's kind of that way anything I've ever done really, uh, to be honest, but just kind of like, you know, so to explain that, which I've been more open with about probably the last five years, I have Tourette's, which is a thing you've, Everybody's kind of heard about that. And part of the thing with Tourette's is that you have a, it has like a sidecar of OCD and like super, you know, like focus. And and certainly I, I have that within me. So like anything, whether it's photography, video, fishing, painting, you name it, anything I've ever done, it's like over fucking board. Like spend every dime I have just like, 
hyper-focused on that. And the one that's lasted the most is, and I've created my business and wrapped my life around is Tarpon. And I would have to tell you that it's like even better today than it ever has been. I we're just, I, I love it. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, it's a little what, crazy. So, so what I don't do know you, how that answer was, but yeah, it's, it's fun. Yeah. Uh, so what do, what do you think it is about? What is it about the tarpon? the tarpon? Well, yes. So you know, a lot of a lot of times when I think about that fish, I think about it like a like a creature that roams the plains of Africa. You know, it's kind of that way if the the ocean is Africa, so to speak, of the plains of Africa. Like this, this fish is very complex. Each one kind of has its own personality. Like they don't all do the same thing at the same time. Certain little groups of them do one thing. The older males do one thing. The younger females do one thing. Like there's so many different things going on. And they do, you know, do they lay up? Do they swim? Do they gather in the space? And do they, there, there's a thousand different things they do. And, I mean, for whatever reason, as crazy as it, as it is, I've just decided, and I decided a long time ago, that that's just the thing that I'm going to fucking know more than anybody else ever will know if I can. That, that I'd just point my life at that, and there it is. Is there anything that you think would translate into other species of fish? Like if someone's listening to this, and they're really into billfish, or, I mean, what ways do you see? Absolutely. I mean, I think that you can do that with anything, whether it's business, sports, whatever whatever you want to get hyper-focused on, um, you know, I hate to, use, you know, I sure, sure as fuck I'm not going to use the word passion because I hate that word, but obsession, I think, you know, is more applicable, um, you know, and just get super focused and driven on, uh, you can do it. Um, you can do the same on redfish, I guess, or triple tail or whatever. You can learn exactly what happens every single triple tail in the ocean and how they come in and hold and what they do on this tide and how tide velocity, are they going to float on the surface or whatever? I mean, you know, you can, you can do that with anything, I think. Yeah. Whether it's art. Yeah. Sports, anything. Yeah. Do you have a way that you track some of those factors? Like I've heard somebody that, that we talked to Bo, he was like, that guy's a scientist with the factors. Yeah. But is there a way that you do try to track those? Like, do you have a journal and app? Is there, anything like that. Yeah. So my room's right over here. I have a journal that I've written every single day. I've fished for tarpon since O2. Can we get a copy of that? Sure. Yeah. (laughs) We'll have a copy. uh, No, but no, I mean, that's, that's so like you've just old school at the end of the day to sit down and write it. Well, I don't have a photographic memory. So yeah, every day, every night before I go to bed, no matter what I write in that thing, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how tired I am. It's a law with me and I just do it. Um, there's some weird shit in there, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, do you wake up and write your dreams out too? No, I don't do that at all. I don't <laughs> give a fuck about my dreams. What is, what is the weirdest thing in or, There's all yeah, sorts of What's fun. the weirdest thing without giving away something secret? <sighs> I have no idea, man. Like, I'd have to look I saw to look three turtles. And then all of a sudden, the biggest I do, actually, tarpon yeah, I've ever I saw have, swim yeah. by. No. Usually the dreaming about tarpon happens before the season and after the season's going, now I don't dream about tarpon. Just black out yeah. and then wake up and do it again. Just Game of Thrones what? lately, actually. <laughs> what? So, yeah. what are some things that, you know, just in life tarpon fishing has taught you? Hmm. There's gotta, gotta be, be some... a dick. <laughs> that was gonna that be my follow up question. Well, wait, you Why can, are you such I a dick? Know. Uh, <laughs> you can plug your just being honest. You can plug your uh, book later. I mean Tarpon fishing, what has it taught me in life? Uh, just dedication and focus. Uh, and actually patience, I guess. Uh, I'm pretty patient with my people. Um, I'm a pretty intense person, I think. But, you know, I understand that, like, if I want to catch that fish or I want my client to catch that fish, I still have to be fairly patient with them. I can, I can tell them the information quickly and as concise as I as I possibly can, but I'm not going to, you know, get all crazy on them, you know? So yeah, patience yeah. for sure. It, well, I was actually talking to your client uh, earlier at supper. Yeah. He, he kind of painted the picture of, he had to work up to fish with you. Yeah. Well, let me tell you that, that he's an anomaly. So <laughs> just so you know, no, but so, no, I, mean, I, I fish with him, Kyle, Kyle McQueen more than probably any of my other clients. And, uh, he loves it as much as I do. 
And uh, yeah, he's he's a little bit of an anomaly. We call him Bear Paws. <laughs> well, let's say so. You know, obviously starting out, you probably didn't have the most pristine clients. Not that I'm trying to dog anybody fishing, but sure. What does that look like to have somebody that maybe you know? I mean, we've talked to a bunch of guys, and I've, so I I fish guys can't get can't get the shooting head out of the you know out right. of the rod tips. Well, how does that? How do you work through that? So here's how I here's how I did it from the beginning. I developed my roster of people or invited people to come tarpon fish with me that I met when I was doing other things because I liked the person. I didn't give a shit if you're like ninja fucking fly cast or angler that a lot of times is a different person than somebody you want to spend all day on the boat with. I, I developed my people and I figured, you know what? I'm going to, I like this person. And I'm going to develop them. I can teach anybody anything. I mean, fuck, I can do anything, you know, anybody, any of us can, but I don't want the guy that's a dick that I just don't like being on the boat with all day. I want the guy that I want to be on the boat with all day. And I really like, and we're going to have be friends for a long period of time. That's the person that's going to be my client more over more so than the, the amazing angler. What, what so, are some tips you have for developing that person? So let's say that well, it's just a person that you meet. I mean, uh, how do you so, develop them as an angler though? Like is, you know, um, well that's guiding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a complex, uh, amalgamation of a zillion different things, man. That's, uh, that's just being a guide and you know, something that I'll, I'll tell you that I remember on that kind of tip is that years ago, uh, one of my young guides that with my guide service, I have several different guides. He, uh, you know, when he first started out, I told him, I said, remember this. I said, the, the way that you tell your client how to cast and what to do and the information delivered to him today, five years from now will be maybe the same words are said, but they're delivered in a completely different way. And that difference about how the words are delivered, the inflection on your voice, the speed at which you tell them, all those little teeny tiny things are the absolute essence of like being a guide. Like the, they are everything. You may say the same words about cast, here, do that, but how you say it and just all the tiny little details and minutiae of how it's delivered, that is, and, and it changes every year as a guide and any old school guide you 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 ask them about that they're going to tell you exactly what I'm saying it's like the the absolute essence of what guiding is and as you go through and develop that relationship like and, and people begin to become better anglers and you build that relationship like does that become more harsh? Does it become faster, more technical? Well, you just I mean, get looser with people and you can fuck with them. Okay. I get what you're saying. Give them yeah. some shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you fucked that one up. You're super past, bad. Yeah. Past with everybody I fish, they, we, I, I know everyone I fished for a long time and yeah, they all know what to do. They've all seen great days. They've all seen shitty days. So there's not much pressure anymore of like, Oh, I got to produce, you know, mm -hmm. they know that I know how to do it and I know where to go and all that crap. Uh, if it can be done, we're going to do it. So we just, it's, it's a lot more fun after that, you know, things kind of mellow out that way. So, and you mentioned that you have guides under you with your guide service. And that was mm -hmm. one of the things we wanted to ask you about was, you know, you've obviously come a long way since chasing down tarpon in the John boat, even though you have yeah. the John boat, but it's, you know, now you have guys under you. And one of the questions that I was wondering was like, how has that factored into what you do and how much you love your job and, and how has that played out for you? Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of fun. You know, the, I, I look at all those guys. They're not under me. They're with me. And we share information freely. And that's the real power of having, like, a guide service or a group of guides that all kind of share information. You, It's like a collective, you know. And, you know, it's they don't work for me. I work with them. You know, mm -hmm. that's always how I've looked at it. Um, and there's a hierarchy, but it's... It, it's always, it's a big family, actually, our guide service, you know, from the young guys to the old guys, everybody's always helping each other out and leaning on each other from the older guys looking down to the younger guys and vice versa. So it's a, it's a cool, it's a cool group. And the people that are in that group were picked because I know they'd fit in. So, mm -hmm. yeah. 
So earlier you mentioned that all these different types of tarpon, you know, are doing different things. And one of the questions that we've had fun with just talking to different guides is how do you believe the migration patterns happen? No. Yeah. So a lot different than you think. Yeah. So the, like quote unquote migration, there's only a little bit of, of what these fish do. That's that, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's further on in the summer, there's no migrating going on. Basically these fish move in from offshore and they just kind of move around and they, you know, so I, I'd explain it like this. Um, if you have a swimming pool and there's a diving board, it's a backyard swimming pool and you're standing on that diving board, right? So there's a bunch of little sailboats in that swimming pool and you're on the diving board and you have a bowling ball. You drop the bowling ball in there in the swimming pool and those little sailboats kind of waft a little bit further on those waves and rings made from the diving ball from you dropping the bowling ball, right? And then you drop another bowling ball minutes later and another one so the movement of those little sailboats is kind of like tarpon in the early season or the early part of the year uh, on the tides as they get stronger and go deep and then get stronger again does that make sense yeah yeah it sounds like you've done that a few times with the bowling ball no it's just (laughs) maybe back in your bartending days just throwing bowling ball it's just an analogy but if any now people are fish just move around uh and they gather in places because this whole event is so the fish move inshore and they have to meet up with each other because this whole thing is quote unquote migration so they can have sex mm-hmm. meet each other and they you know the the belief is is that they get in these big uh giant tornadoes if you will when they move offshore so lots of different fish groupers and whatnot they've witnessed these fish and some bonefish actually which are very closely related to tarpon um some they get in this giant cylinder from, you know, 150, 200 feet. Uh, it looks like a tornado underwater. So all the males and females are together and the, the, they'll go to the surface and dive down through the center of this giant tornado. And then they all release sperm and they all release uh, the milt, the milt or in the, uh, the eggs or whatever at the same time. So they get in this big spooge cocktail, if you will. Sex NATO. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> That's that's how they do that. Is that your next short film? So <laughs> when we see when we see the the tarpon daisy chaining inshore, that's kind of like you know uh, staging to do that. So then mm-hmm. they this whole thing of them coming inshore is so they bump into each other. You see it all the time. Two fish meet and they do a daisy chain. Like two tarpon ever meet, they do a little daisy chain and then they swim off. They decide who's bigger, better, badder, or the female, and they swim off together. So they get in bigger and bigger chains or groups, and as the moon approaches, and then they all fucking go offshore and do their thing. Um, yeah. So migration happens basically after a lot of this uh, these spawning events go down, and the fish are all heading to the Mississippi. So all mm-hmm. the sat tagging we've done shows that after they get after they get done spawning, they're heading to go eat. So mm. the greatest concentration of uh, menhaden in the gulf of mexico and the mother vein of the gulf of mexico is the uh mississippi so tens of thousands of those things will be on the uh, west side of uh, the mississippi late summer another question we had was when people are tarpon fishing with you or you got guides i mean you you're dealing with people at a lot of different levels in in where they're at in the game what are some mistakes that you see people make with tarpon (laughs) fishing or just fishing in sure, general okay. that you feel like you can easily standard speak standard to now. Yeah, here's my standard. So number one mistake you make, trout set, right? Everybody mm-hmm. sees that. Finally, you make your cast across the fish. The fish swims up behind it. You move it in, eats it, and you move your rod. It may be two inches to the left, two inches to the right. It doesn't matter. The rod doesn't exist when the fish eats your fly. So let's say you're a right-handed caster. You're holding your rod in your right hand. Just imagine letting go of the rod. Close your eyes, let go of the ride, and all you have is a fly line to your fly. Fish just ate your fly, so there's no rod involved whatsoever. You're just pulling on the fly line, right? You come tight, and it's, there's only fly line. If you move your rod at all, you're, you're, you're screwed. It's done. Number two mistake, holy shit, he ate my fly, and I'm tight, and you hold so tight with your left hand that you pop him off. Those, <laughs> those are the, the main to everybody does it happens still to veterans and whatever it just is the main two so. hmm. 
that a good answer. Yeah, that was a yeah. great answer. What about number three and four, five? <laughs> no, I've, I've got a long list. You're going to have to buy the book. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about it. You got a new book, right? So or you're working on a book. I'm working on a book. How would you know about that? I don't know how I knew, honestly. Yeah. Did you so post about it? I, I have my ways. Okay. Uh, I wish I had a cool answer for that. <laughs> so That uh, ninja that you mentioned, Tarpon Ninja Fisher Boy right? at Yahoo. Yeah, he um, of us. Yahoo? Yeah, Yahoo. I don't know. Hotmail. <laughs> Gmail. Does Yahoo exist anymore? I have a Yahoo, but I'm okay. Totally I feel very Yahoo Ninja. What? Wait. Yeah. What? Now, you mentioned earlier that you know you don't want the guy that's the tarpon ninja. Okay. Whatever. Gotcha. That guy gotcha. emailed us. Gotcha. I thought you were making fun of Yahoo. I kind of felt microaggressed on <laughs> to go to a safe space. Right so now. I have a hot mail. So Sorry. anyway, uh, yeah. So I'm working on a coffee table book. Uh, Yeti uh, presents basically. There's you know Yeti. Yeti's done a bunch of stuff in uh, film, so this will be the first Yeti Presents in uh, print. Awesome. So, yeah, we're hoping to be done by November. Been working on it for probably a year and a half, 25 different photographers contributing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So Is it going to be a Tarpon book? or It is. So Tarpon. Awesome. Uh, What's the name of it? Some, what, can you tell us the title? Yet. I have a title, Sex but I'm Nado. not going to share it. Um, Tarpon Sex Nado. It's on the <laughs> culture of tarpon fishing, so it's not it's not just like hey, there's a tarpon jumping out of the water. It gives a yeah. shit about that. We've seen it a thousand times. It's uh, a lot more than that. It's on you know it's it's a little more of an art book than it mm-hmm. is, say Andy Mills book. So mm-hmm. do you, do you have any projects that you've done when it comes to video photography in the past that stand out more than the next? Hmm. Um, or that your favorites? The the best. I'd say my favorite is one I did on a photographer friend of mine, uh, Andy Anderson. Uh, project we shot for Orvis and Yeti on him. So, so how much of like you talked about you you would just get super into something? You mentioned painting, photos, video. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what other things you've gotten really into: falconry or mm. line dancing or or <laughs> a little bit of line dancing. <laughs> but uh, what line what, walking outside Slack of tarpon line. fishing? What stuck the longest? Is it photography? Yeah, probably photography, just because it lends and uh, feeds fishing. What type yeah. of gear do you use? Uh, I shoot Sony. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my video camera is a RED camera. It's an 8K RED camera. Um, I have a gimbal for that. And yeah. We can geek out more and more. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm interested <laughs> in it. I know that's that's something that we, we were interested in with you is kind of how does somebody get how does someone start in that? What's good starter gear and how do you don't start, don't start, don't have to stop run. Yeah. If you have a bunch of money to light on fire, you, you should start. Yeah. yeah. But no, <laughs> and that's, that's something we've seen. That's uh, like a big part of your life is um, how much you use technology to your advantage um, sure. with your business. We've all seen the videos of you uh, with the, ha- the hang glider, the, yeah. what was it? Is a powered paraglider. Yeah. So, yeah. I just, I advanced to a client that has a helicopter. And yeah. so there you go. <laughs> a little more Must safe. be nice. Yeah. yeah. My, my left kneecap uh, can attest to that. I yeah. blew, blew it off to the side on that thing. But, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think there's a thousand ways to improve and do anything better. Um, so, I'm always trying to think of like, how can I do it better? How can I do it differently? How can I improve on what I'm doing? Because I don't know. I mean, you, you're out there standing on the boat and thinking about mastering something or doing it better. And I don't know. I just think of a million ways to try to do it better or improve it or like control it or whatever it is. So, how, yeah. How do you balance out kind of the love hate? relationship that many people have with social media and movies and videos that draw people to the water and then at the same time wanting to still create art it's a part of uh well you know yeah how do you know you said i liked how you finished that with create art so you know creating images is art but i mean is you know is social media art or the images you create for social media art i mean what a that's holy shit long conversation that is right (laughs) but um do i like social media no i mean social media is evil Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean evil incarnate do you feel like it's a necessary evil i I have to do it yeah 
I sure do. Uh, it's part of, you know, so, you know, basically these days, if you don't do it, then somebody else is going to do it. And, you know, yeah. So it's part of, it's part of the business now. Everybody out there that does what I do knows exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's, it's such a strange thing. It's an anomaly. It's like, you have to participate or you're just going to get run over. Mm-hmm. And we all are participating, but we fucking hate it. And nobody enjoys that shit. I, I, mm-hmm. Nobody. If you do, you should go somewhere else. Do some, I mean, you're horrible. So um, it, I'm just being honest. It, yeah, yeah, Does anybody like that crap? I don't like no, it. No, I, I hate suck it. At social media. I wish I could still have a flip phone. <laughs> yeah, I don't wish I had a flip phone, but I, I mean, I love the access to information that I yeah, get through yeah. my iPhone and all that shit. But to to have the like, I need to do this with social media. I need to do that. I I have to do this this way and that. I mean, it's fucking. Horrible. It's another and job. We all know it. Everybody knows it that doesn't. We all know it's bad for but us. It's not good. You look the yeah. other way and you look down at your feet and you draw a circle in the sand with your toe and you still do it. And I am as guilty as anybody and where do you think that line is i mean there's obviously there's got to be a line line. there's no line there there is or we've crossed it it. yeah you got to do it everybody's crossed if if we could give you a magic wand poof Uh we just gave dave a magic wand Uh and it's pretty feeling pretty powerful right now what would what would you and you can change one thing 12 weight magic wand a 12 weight all other guides disappear <laughs> it's all mine. No, nobody, nobody, nobody fear. We won't, we won't give Dave the wand anymore. This is not, okay, anyway, take it. I'm back. sorry. That. No, no. Seriously, what? I what do you, what, what you Culturally, you talked about tarp and culture. What, right. what would you like to see change? Is it social media? What do I want to see change? In no, the culture. I mean, social media will never change. There's going to be something. But you have a magic wand. Media. Yeah. Um, less motherfuckers. Can you explain that? Yeah. Tell so, us your philosophy. <laughs> we got everybody a 20 that minute, knows twenty me. minute. And I even said this on on Tom's podcast. I think there, I have this this thing that all if you have this giant funnel, if you will, just imaginary funnel, whether it's a problem globally or locally, you throw any problem up in that funnel. It all comes down to the bottom of the funnel, and it spits out. And there's one saying that I have. God, I'm probably going to get big trouble for this but it all boils down to too many mfers right so too many people there's too many of us no matter what you do no matter what problem it is it's it if you look at it it boils down to too many people and at some point we got to be <laughs> we got we're gonna have to address there's too many of us on this planet we're just bad for this planet and bad for each other it's just the truth so so vote play, Dave. You don't like it? Vote Dave. Kiss my ass. <laughs> That's Dave Dave's political twenty. So, so playing devil's advocate off that. Yeah, please. What what is in your opinion? What like is there a solution to that? What can we do? There's so already you, we're already here. We're not going away. Right. So well, yeah. The more of us there are, the quicker we populate. And like, yeah. here we are. Like, it's our right as a human to just make more of us. I mean, you and I are not going to have to deal with that, but. And I probably don't even think our kids will, but somebody down the line is going to have to deal with it. And I mean, just imagine it—like mm-hmm. double the population of the planet. Whatever. Yeah. Like, but they sent imagine. Matt Damon to Mars the other day, and no. he's looking—he's <laughs> eating poop. <laughs> so, that, and, so I'm going to stay in here. Hollywood. I'm going to stay here with the. So tarp no, but I mean, honestly, like if you know, and I'm not—I'm not trying to be political at all. I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of people on this planet, and you just can't keep going i mean the, we'll battle for resources and land can, and so in the, in the in the fishing realm of that is it, what what can the average guy do do you think that can help that that's gonna stop less, killing everything you catch lessen the impact that's it i mean honestly you don't have to throw in the cooler uh just go out and sport fish keep something here and there but just keep what you can eat that night but you don't have to pile it all in your cooler. Come on. You know, that's what I think. What, what do you think too about there's this kind of balance where it's like you want the water to yourself, but then you think about the next generation of people who get injured. Right. That Let's, uh, how do you, how do you, how do you find like when we were talking about that earlier, like we're young guys, obviously. Uh-huh. And there's a sense that like 
you know, like you said, too many mother effers. And then there's like <laughs> young guys who are trying to get in and enjoy it and be respectful and learn. Right. So, so, so what, you know, so I think, do we need that? Does, does the sport, right? Is that what you're talking about? Sport fishing? Yeah. D- does sport fishing need more people in it? I don't believe so. Mm-hmm. Period. But no. so because what do you do with people what is who it, want to wh- do it? Though? Well, no, then then do it. But I yeah. mean, does sport fishing or fishing need to cultivate more and more people being excited and doing it? Mm-hmm. Why? That's my question to you. Why? Why do oh, we need why that? do it? I think there's just a, a talk about why conservation. Why? Why care about where the world is in a hundred years? You know, sure. we could just go catch fish tomorrow, and who cares if anybody else? But gets do to we need a lot that. more people in fishing to have better conservation? I don't think so, but that's the balance, I guess, with trying to raise awareness about how great the resource is and then being like, look at this beautiful, incredible resource we're trying to save, but I don't really want you on it. I just No, 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 no. And you get me wrong. I think I don't believe that we need to promote like, hey, more and more people need to get into this to conserve it. I just think maybe if more people, less people use the resource, less people out there killing all the yeah. fish or throw them in the cooler. I don't believe there's a big need for more people fishing. I'm tracking with you. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think most guys... But I would guides, love to educate guides, more people that are fishing to... Yeah. Be and not everybody would say it, but I think yeah. every guide that we've ever hung out with would say they would love to see less boats in the water. You never see somebody... You don't like go out right. with someone like, oh and, boy, I wish there were more boats out here. Oh you know, that would no, be of great. Of course not. That's and, how they and talk. And that's what I mean by, you know, what you're saying is, you know, more people need to get into the sport. I don't believe they do. <laughs> yeah. that's every, There's plenty. Every old timer that talks about the good old days is... It's one of the first things they mention is you go out and never see a boat. Was yeah. it that way when you were coming in though? Were there it like was. old guys that that were kind of looking? They're like, look at this guy. You know, he's coming in. Of course, and, yeah. But, so this is part you know, of part I, of the when process. When I started, I sat behind everybody. Mm-hmm. I moved out of the way anytime he got near me. I, I I paid my dues in that respect to the yeah. old timers. But today's right now today is some is my back good old days, right? So. Yeah. 20 years from now, they're going to be like, holy shit, those guys had it good. You know? Yeah. There were only 30 boats out there yeah. in the whole coast. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. I, and I realize that. That perspective is yeah. important. Josh says that all the time. That's like a little <laughs> saying we have, these are the good old days. And you're, just sure. trying to acknowledge, you're just trying to acknowledge this it. This is going to be an interesting way to ask this question, even sure. though it's kind of already been asked today. Uh, so let's put you, David Mangum, in my shoes or Hunter's shoes or Austin's shoes. Mm-hmm. Coming in there is a you that's fishing here. There's other guides that have been here for Long forever. Time. Sure. What does that look like? You put it, put it, put in your 93, 1993, 16 foot skiff in trying to learn tarpon. What does that look like? Yeah. So it absolutely can be done. It's just going to be way, way harder than in 1993. So I think like we spoke about before, it's about, Going and going, not going to the places where you know those guys do their work and set up. Go find your own little groove. And oh my God, believe me, they're out there. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of times it just it's a default thing to the new guy to to believe that oh there's all the stuff's been figured out. Oh my God, it has not, not mm-hmm. even close. You know, so go figure your own thing out. And respect, if you want the respect of your, your peers, if you want them to be your peers, if you're just starting out, don't, don't do the cliche crap that everybody does, you know, go try to, well, this was, I've been, you know, the old, I've been fishing here since, shut the fuck up, because everybody says that, it's such bullshit, (laughs) oh my god, since, since you were in diapers, you know, like, no, come on, who cares about how long you've been fishing, did you really, sit and do the work did you suffer through 400,000 thunderstorms and shitty days and no you probably didn't so you, when you when you really have when you really have lived that life your peers know it and the respect is just inherent it happens automatically so as a new guide the new guides always bang their fist and demand that respect the only time you ever get the respect is when you don't ask for it hmm that's deep right there. The only time you don't get respect is when you don't ask for it. That's good though. That's a, that if you want the respect, then yeah. Well, yeah, it's you, like, you it's demand like, it, you'll never get it. Yeah. And it's like almost defeats the purpose. It's like telling people you're humble. 
Like, yeah, I'm yeah, really humble. I'm, so, yeah. I'm really humble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, yeah, just let people tell you you're humble, but <laughs> yeah. Humbled and honored. It, it's, you, know, it's what, really you know what Harry said on, on the first episode was success is a gift. Pursue excellence. And he was like, success is a gift that people give you when they see you pursuing excellence. And I think that kind of ties into what you're saying, like, in a I think a little way. bit. Can we, can we do some fun rapid fire questions as we wrap it up? Okay. But I have to get another beer. All right. That Stand sounds good. Stand by. Stand by. Talks amongst yourself. To those in the audience, <laughs> Dave just sat down Don't with his. All right. Don't fish Dave. Strawberry flavored. Okay. Now we're back. <laughs> <laughs> we're back with Don't Fish Dave. It's a strawberry flavored uh, passion fruit. <laughs> passion. <or> margarita. <laughs> passion fruit. Oh, man. Okay. So a couple of fun rapid fire questions. Uh, Giraffes. Giraffes. No, that was my answer. They have they really catch. long necks. I think they're pretty cool. <laughs> Outside of painting tarpon, what do you paint the most? Giraffes. What, what's your spirit animal? Giraffes. No, um, a couple fun ones here. Uh, if you could go back and change anything from your past as a guide, what would you do? Um, no location X. No location X. Could you Not elaborate a little longer? Nope. Are we allowed to keep that? Nope. Okay. Nope. We'll, we'll edit that out. <laughs> in, a, in a really remote location yeah, somewhere <laughs> in africa <laughs> okay all right so i um, said again any th- would there be anything <laughs> that would change uh nope yep nothing you'd change not a fucking thing uh, it's it's got to be nice to sit at the end and think that it's true um wh- what's the next thing that you want to get good at portrait photography I'm getting there if you want to practice really on me good. you can It'd be it, a hard. It'd be a hard picture to do a good one. <laughs> I don't even know how to follow that. Do you put Do you put stickers on your cooler? Yes or no? No fucking way. <laughs> yeah, right. or am I show, just show, show me your cooler right now. I don't believe you. Uh, <laughs> Want to bet? Yeah. I I spray my. I have a stenciled logo out of spray paint, but I don't put stickers on it. Or oh, that's a no power stickers, move. No stickers on my stripping bucket either. That's Outside a power of, move right there. It's very gay. <laughs> Outside of tarpon and redfish, what's your next favorite fish to catch? Jacksonville. Where's your favorite destination outside of the United States? Hmm. Mm. My last client said he's taking me to Seychelles. So Seychelles. I don't know. Sounds awesome. Oh. Do you giraffe? Do you ever see giraffe. yourself? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! I miss that. I miss that. Uh, Do you ever see yourself getting burnt out with tarpon? Never. It's only getting, I'm getting more chummed up, more hot on it. I was more excited about this season than any of the others. And when you do, the truth. when you do, we all know what's going to happen. Manatees. Manatees. <laughs> Manatees. Manatee, Manatee Day. Yeah. Uh, or, to everyone or listening, that's where the farm. money's at. Manatee Tours. Manatee Tours, yeah. <laughs> do you have anything on your bucket list with catching fish that you haven't caught yet? Um... The albino tarpon. When you're not fishing and doing anything fishing related, what's something that you really enjoy doing outside of hanging out with your family? Oh, outside of hanging out with my family? Um, surfing. Giraffes. <laughs> surfing and giraffes. <laughs> no, that's good. What's, what's the, when you look back at your time as a guide and developing and be, becoming a better and better tarpon guide, what was the most influential thing to you? Hmm. I don't know. Um, the most influential thing on becoming better. I don't know. Just or person paying a better person. Mm. Or no, a person that made you. Uh, was it a person that helped you or no, books it, or? I never had magazines. a single person give me and help me in in any way. Just kind of weird. But has that shaped how you try to invest in guys that are on your team or younger guys? Not really. I just. Uh, it would have been cool to have a mentor or somebody that helped me or showed me, but never happened. And that's fine. I'm proud of that. Uh, everything I know about fish or fishing or basically anything in life is figured out on my own. So, yeah. And if you could have a billboard and put one thing up on it for everybody to see. Yeah. I think I know the answer. Do you? Yeah. But what is it? Oh, just nice. a photo, just a with photo a, with a skull, middle finger, a photo of you. Oh, that was a peace sign. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> as as we wrap up, is there? No, I don't know. Um, I have a few more questions. I have too. a fucking billboard that would have anything that I wanted for anybody to see. 
Uh, I guess I'm just going to keep that funny podcast answer because uh, the real answer is maybe too in depth. But yeah. Which are there? Oh, man. Say the in-depth depth one. Say the in-depth. Yeah. Where are you going? No. God, you're killing it. All right. All right, cool. Well, hey, we can edit this back into the earlier part since it got kind of funny at the end. But uh, I want to ask, we have David Mangum here. He's probably fed a lot more tarpon than anyone. Just one of the many motherfuckers. Yeah, that has fed a lot more tarpon than most. Uh, what are some things, you know, one or two things boat-wise or gear-wise that someone that is wanting to chase a tarpon with a fly rod can do that you do that you think are pretty important? Boat-wise, um, gosh, I don't know. Um, I don't think it matters. I think a boat's just a way to float on the water and get in front of them. Nice. Really. It didn't really matter. I mean, you know, we're so freaked out about oh, our boat this, boat that, you know. I don't think it matters, to be honest. I mean... All of them, all of them are noisy when the waves get rough, and yeah, um, it's about how you, you know, obviously you have to cast well, but once a fly hits the water, that's where the rubber meets the road, and being able to know the right moment to move the fly, how to move it, how much to move it, how not to move it, and uh, that that's that's fishing. That's the the, the tiny little millimeters and tiny little essence of what goes on right there at the face of the tarpon uh or just any fish that you're fishing for that that's it so i don't know that's my answer i guess so that's last <laughs> last question you can yeah. go back in a time machine and have a conversation with dave as he's hanging out on a 16 foot john boat after he caught his first tarpon he's on top of the world what do you mm-hmm. tell him um here you go. I don't know. Not, uh, <laughs> I don't get into photography. Don't get into photography. Draft. Yeah. <laughs> Do this sooner, this sooner, and that sooner. Yeah. Um, yeah. Spend less time drinking. Uh, just focus on the fish more. Um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'd cut some of the crap out, and I'd just get more focus sooner. Hmm. That's yeah. good. Is there anything you want to say as we wrap up? Any, any? No, thanks for uh, having me. Um, hopefully I wasn't too explicit or abrasive, but that's just how it is. With no, we appreciate the time, man. Thank you for giving us some time. Yeah, awesome. See nice to meet all you guys and uh, have you and over. And, uh, I, look forward to, I look forward to getting hollered at. Yeah, just don't <laughs> yeah. get near me. And we'll, we'll, <laughs> be awesome. cool. well, Josh and I are just going to get near you but we're gonna wear disguises when you see a green boat go <laughs> yeah. the other way That's what yeah, we're disguise. just gonna do, wear disguises and be like hey, yeah. can you believe those guys with the mustaches and the unibrows man yeah, parker tower boat just hey <laughs> go away yeah, yeah. Go. <laughs> <laughs> all right man thanks thanks for listening to the captain's collective as we continue to do this podcast we would love to hear from you so whether you know of some potential guests that we should interview or if you have any advice on how we can continue to make this podcast better please feel free to reach out we really appreciate the support This is the Captain's Collective.